This is the True Real Estate 911 podcast with Lisa True. Lisa will share up-to-date real estate information with you that you need to know. Welcome to True Real Estate 911. It's Brian Mudd along with, of course, your local real estate pro, Lisa True. 2017 is here and so is the most recent information that you need to know to stay informed and make good decisions when it comes to real estate in the Palm Beaches as we get going early in this new year. And Lisa, uh, before we get started with the most recent information, which is about December and wrapping up 2016, one of the first thoughts that comes to mind is that the new year season, that always brings an added dynamic into our local real estate market. So what is the feel and what's happening on the ground right now in January in local real estate? We're starting to see some optimism in the higher price points. Not really seeing the activity increase yet, but at least people are feeling better about the economy, which is a good first step, especially when we're in that luxury market, the 600,000 plus. The other thing we're seeing is that I believe we're stealing some of our spring buyers for this time of year because they're really concerned and aware of interest rates. And so a lot of people that have been just kind of thinking about buying are now getting more serious because they realize that interest rates have already bumped up and they likely will bump up again. Okay, that's really interesting. I just thought of like five questions I want to ask you. So before we get any further into this, I want to remind you that if you're not already there, go to truerealestate911.com. That's the Truth's website, truerealestate911.com. A wealth of valuable information. You can access the videos that the Truths uh, put up with regularity to keep you informed about the Palm Beaches, about local real estate, uh, to make good decisions in everyday life around here. And also, uh, you'll see the ability to search the real estate uh, MLS like a pro. The Trues pay for it, so you don't have to. It's complimentary service. You get a truerealestate911.com. Uh, also, buying selling questions, and really questions. The Trues are a resource. You don't have to be ready to make a decision today. You can reach out to the Tour Group at 561-972-8326. 561-972-8326. Okay, so I've got to get into a couple of these questions real quick. So we haven't seen the luxury market do all that well, really, in what? probably about eight or nine months. Are you starting to see something that might indicate that the market is turning around or is it maybe just kind of a one-off as we start the new year? Well, here's the challenge. Even if it turned around today, we have a lot of pent-up inventory. Okay. So just like before, let's just just be optimistic and assume that with the new um, political situation that business owners are going to start feeling like spending money again and they're going to buy houses and upgrade. Let's assume all that. Now, even if that happens, we still have in many price points, 16 months of inventory. So it's going to take a while to kind of clean out. My advice is if you have any home is to price it properly, get the condition right and get the marketing perfect. If one of those things is off, what you'll find is it just won't sell. And so it's good news, and yet it's not going to fix all of the inventory issues that we have in some price ranges. Okay. And the one aspect of the local real estate market that had stayed the strongest, that sub-400,000 market, is that still holding strong? It, it is. We're seeing most of the price points in that range doing very well. The one thing that we're seeing is that often because of the shortage of inventory, buyers are willing to pay more than properties are worth, but we're having appraisal issues. So it's that reality in the marketplace as cash is not as, as predominant as it was a year or two years ago. It's still there. It's just some neighborhoods just don't see a lot of it. It has to appraise. doesn't matter what a buyer's willing to pay unless it does. 
And so are you seeing increased fall-through rates with pending sales as a result of those appraisal issues? Well, yes. And, and many sellers are saying, I don't care. I want my price. And that's great. <laughs> and the question is, do you want to sell or do you want to stay? That's okay. really the simple question. Because if it, the value's not there, the value's not there, no matter what the buyer's willing to pay unless they have the amount of money to come out of pocket. Now, sometimes you do get a bad appraiser. Um, and yet many times it's just that we're sell, able to sell it for more because Let's face it, if there's not a lot of inventory, buyers are forced to pay more. However, then the banks are going, whoa, we're not going to do that again. We're not going to allow buyers to buy something where the value is just not there. And so that's actually something that I believe many people are a little bit misinformed about with regard to how appraisals work when you are financing a home. I've come across a number of people who were surprised that they weren't able to cover the difference between the financing that the lender would provide with the amount of money they would put down. And if the house doesn't appraise, no lender will be able to go ahead and, and facilitate that financing. Now, they can make up the difference, but that is not as part of your down payment. So if I have a property that doesn't appraise, now if, when you're talking 5000 it's maybe possible. Mm -hmm. And yet we're seeing some appraisals be off substantially. And so it really depends on the buyer that you have and what they can do, not what they want to do. Okay. Because obviously they went to contract, they were excited about the house, they felt it was worth it. And yet if the bank says, I'm not going to give you that money, how are they going to make up the difference? If it's in a starting home or even a move up home type of product, often what we're seeing is they just don't have it to come out of pocket on top of their closing costs, on top of their down payment and on top of their reserves. And so the next question I have for you, pertaining to maybe borrowing future buyers because of concerns about financing costs with the Fed having raised rates in December and indicating that they'll raise, if all goes according to plan, three times in 2017. Is that a story about kind of that mid-market uh, and, and first-time buyer home? Uh, if I remember right, the majority of luxury homes are still all cash deals. Well, it, however... It impacts the buyer moving up. Okay. So typically a first-time home buyer, so the, the starting price point, the, the entry level to buying homes is either purchased by investors or purchased by traditionally first-time home buyers, or maybe people get buying second homes. So if somebody can't get qualified now at the first-time home, now they can't sell so that they can't now move up to the next price the range. Chain and reaction. I, it's just a chain okay. reaction up, up the, the pike. And many people are, were and are planning to move up by. And so when you move up by, that buyer for your three hundred dollars or $400,000 home has to be there to make the purchase to that six or seven. Makes sense. Okay, so let's get into some of these numbers now coming out of December. Um, there are two numbers that people typically want to look towards real quick. And the first is, hey, what's my home worth? And there's still continued decent news on the rate of appreciation. Uh, the median sales price, single family homes in Palm Beach County, 3.7% higher. That is, however, one of the slower amounts that we've seen over the past year. So it does indicate some of what you've been talking about, which is that the market has been shifting a bit more from buyer's market into, or I'm sorry, the seller's market into that buyer's market. You break it down by price point, what you will see is that that is very clear where that number happens to where it switches from a seller's to a buyer's market and where, where things are appreciating maybe a little bit more and maybe where they're more slower appreciation. So, you know, it's, as I've said for a long time, real estate's very local 
And what kind of market you're in could depend down to not what city you live in, but what neighborhood you live in. And so you can't watch and look at it on a national scale and then say, what's happening? You can't even look at a county scale at this point because one city may be a hot seller's market still, and then they're still within that hot, for example, Jupiter. Mm -hmm. Jupiter is pretty hot, right? And yet there's still pockets within Jupiter where it's buyer's market. You know, it's interesting because you talked a little bit about, um, before we got started today, the consideration with one of your buyers with the schools, but wanting to balance the lifestyle. And I think one of the aspects of the maturing real estate market locally is that we used to see coming out of the uh, housing uh, crisis that there are opportunities that you could find if you're willing to maybe take on a bit more work or take on a you know uh, additional projects to be able to fit a particular lifestyle. Uh, but with fewer distressed homes coming into market, I imagine that makes a lot of these considerations more difficult because you have many neighborhoods, for example, that are going to be all at a particular price and, and you're not going to have uh, the ability to accommodate a lot of those special situations. Yes, and because many people now are stable financially, they're just not willing to sell at a reduced price. And so even though the market inventory is growing, they'll they'll just not sell. You know, and they don't have to sell, most of them. They're not they haven't lost jobs, they're not struggling financially. And so if the property doesn't appraise or they don't get they just won't sell. You know, it's interesting because um I had somebody ask me about that recently. You know, why is it that there seem to be a bunch of houses that are just listed in perpetuity? And I guess there are some people that are out there just listing their home to see if anything happens. I think a lot of people don't listen to the market. And okay. so when you put a property on the market, if you don't have an appraisal, it is an educated guess. And even honestly, an appraiser is going to be an educated guess because you bring 10 in, you'll get 10 different numbers. And so the market, though, isn't going to guess. The market's going to tell you how the market is responding to the price, the property condition and the marketing. And so if you will listen to the what it's saying. So if you're having showings and no offers, you're probably 2 to 3% overpriced. If you are really not having appropriate showings, you're at least 10% overpriced. Wow, okay. And it's substantial. Yeah, sure. And yet there are many people that are substantially over where they should be and they're occasionally doing a price adjustment, they're not adjusting enough. They're not adjusting it fast enough. They are not listening. The, the market will whisper in the beginning, and then it starts to talk a little louder, and then it finally starts shouting at you if you aren't paying attention. And it will demand, if you want to sell, to get the price right. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but based upon what you've shared with us over the years, I mean, you, people will definitely be worse off the longer that a home stays on the market. And that makes sense anyway. But for somebody who maybe doesn't feel a sense of urgency about moving, but if the right price comes along, they'll go ahead and pull the trigger. Wouldn't it be more strategically sound to come to you, have an assessment, and then if we're not where our number is yet, you could let us know when we're there rather than just listing a home, which could cause inconvenience to us anyway, but ultimately work against us in driving down the potential value of our home. We have several people that come to us every single month to say, you know, this is the price that I either need or want to sell. When it hits that number, call me. We do so. And, you know, it's one of those things where if everybody took that attitude, our inventory would be in balance and then 
sellers would get more money. Sure. Sellers that are actually listing at a price that won't allow it to sell are actually harming not just their home, but the, neighborhood. The, the, the whole the whole market. Yeah. Because there's there's an appearance like there's so much for sale. The other thing I would caution buyers, it feels like the whole world is for sale if you go to places like Zillow and Trulia. That's, yes, that's true. Right? And yet half of those are under contract or half of them sold already and they've already closed. So you have to get on a site like ours to get reality. How many homes are available? How many? Just because there's a sign in the yard doesn't mean it's for sale. Yep. And so when you can come and see, okay, in this neighborhood, I really love this neighborhood. I want to live here. This neighborhood has five houses and 10 or for sale. If you just drive around the neighborhood, you go, oh, there's 15 homes for sale. You know, it, it really is a valuable part of the resource talked about the onset, the ability to search the MLS like you do um, at truerealestate911.com because literally something goes under contract like Lisa's talking about, you see it. I won't forget when we were looking years ago and it was on your site, there was something that I'd taken a look at and I flagged it so I could show my wife, Ashley, uh, when she was available. And when I went back to show her, it was under contract. Right. That's the difference. A situation like that simply would not happen with the Zillow and the like, which is what you're speaking to. And also, obviously, that can keep you from making a lot of mistakes or potentially thinking that there's an opportunity and wasting your time by going and maybe visiting a home or getting an idea of the area where it's not even an opportunity. Well, and the other thing that, that happens uh, on a site like a Zillow is that not all listings are on there. Um, because an agent has to choose to put it on Zillow and mm -hmm. Realtor.com and Trulia. A lot of agents just will not give that kind of information to the public. They, it's, a, it's a personal choice. And it also seems like a lot of the luxury properties as well are missing from the Zillow listings as well, which probably is not in the best interest of the person uh, that's looking to sell that home. But nevertheless, I think some people miss opportunities that way as well. I, I think it's a I think it's a, a way for agents to try to control the data and okay. keep it within the realtor community. And it's completely, uh, there's three buttons you have to click when you put a property on the market as an agent and you have to authorize it to go there. The other thing is there's a lag time. So when I put a listing and I authorize it to go to Zillow, it does not hit Zillow for 24 to 48 hours wow, okay. after it hits my system. After, oh, wow. Yeah. So if you, you could already be under contract by the time the listing even shows, you know, agents have it first and people that are on sites like mine have it first. Wow. Mine's real time. So it's almost immediately. And so what you're going to find is that you find that dream home on Zillow and oops, it's already under contract. Well, it just hit. How did that happen? Yep. Because agents and buyers that are in the right places looking knew about it first. So when we take a look at the uh, the information from December, we see that in December 2015, to kind of tie together some of these points about it having been a uh, seller's market at that point, 4.9 months worth of inventory coming out of December of 2016, it was at 6.2 months. And you've educated us over the years that six months is a neutral market. So we are neutral to a slightly being in favor of the buyers at this point. Right. Um, you have always been cautious about a bunch of property coming on in January. Do you have concerns about this even rising uh, throughout the course of this month into the early part of 2017? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, we are seeing... A lot of sellers still sitting on the fence in January. Now, I do think certain products are going to have a, an influx. Uh, certainly, uh, we're seeing properties coming on the market every single day, definitely. Um, it is interesting how many people are still sitting on the fence. And I think they're thinking it's going to get better. 
And with rising interest rates coming, I think that if you have a house that you want to sell in 2017, we should be talking now. And then let's come up with a strategy that's best for you. The timing of the market, unless there's a real clear indication about something of which there is not at this point, um, I, I think people get themselves on the wrong side of that time and again. If you try to time the market a year ago right now, even though it was a better situation for for sellers based upon inventory, take a look at this now, it looks like it should be a better time to buy. Yet price is 3.7% higher that right. we were just talking about. And financing costs are a little bit higher as well. So if you waited, even though the market theoretically looks better for you today, you're still paying more on both accounts. Well, and I'll tell you, I, I'm having a lot of uh, first-time home buyers that have now said, I'm going to wait for the deals. All right, so let's talk about that. <laughs> um, I think you buy a home when you financially can. And, and I'm not talking about some buying and flipping. Right. There's a lot of flippers right now that are making huge mistakes. It's crowded too. Well, I'll tell you, a lot of them are entering. They made great money in a certain price range. They've stepped up to a higher price range and they're holding homes and they're going to lose fifty or $60,000. They haven't wow. realized it yet. Yep. And yet that's what's going to happen. And the sad part is that you, unless you're a flipper, you're not thinking short term if you're right. buying a home. Um, if you want a, if you want to stop being being a tenant and get into your own home, then buy a home. Buy a home you can afford. It's the strategy right now. Ashley True is looking for a, a home, um, has a home, doesn't need a home, but she wants to get into a single family home, and she's thinking long term. Yep. Where would I be happy living? And she's actually going out ten years, in case Smart. she had to. Sure. Right? In case we had a market correction. Or her exit strategy is, is it rentable? Could I rent it? And so she wanted a house with a pool. I think she's kind of stepping away from that because it's, she would think it would be better to rent a house without a pool. And so, you know, if you're going to be buying a home and getting into the market, just get into the market. Yeah, there are only two times. This is one of my favorite stats about real estate, um, just come from a, a macroeconomic perspective. You take a look at the entire history of this country. There are only two periods of time in which real estate values have declined for more than 12 months. So every other correction within real estate has not even taken place for a full year. The only two, the Great Depression, sure. and then, of course, the Great Recession. Right. And obviously, the circumstances are not over-levered anywhere like that. So no. if you take a look at history, history tells you that home prices won't even stay down for a full year. So right. trying to time it has been a losing proposition in well over 200 years, aside from those two little windows, which are pretty far removed from one another. So yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board with you. If you're of the ability and the mindset and you're going to be there a minimum of three years, you should be looking to buy. History you tells you that's a smart thing to do. You should, because let's let's face it, unless uh, taxes keep going up. Yep. Last year when we had Gary Nicholas on, he said in 20... 17 you're yes. going to see an increase yes. for 2016 that was in you know the fall so he pretty much already had a pulse of what had happened in 2016 or sure. at least that part and of course it continued to appreciate from that point forward so if you're a landlord your taxes are going to go up now who do you think is going to pay for that right <laughs> i mean logically yes are you going to take your profit and pay for it or are you going to say to your tenant you know what i think we're going to raise your rent when it com renewal comes sure and that is what everybody, if, you, if you're if you a renter, think about it. Did your rent go up? 
I'm getting calls from people saying, gosh, you know, my rent was going up and they told me last minute and I kind of got stuck. I didn't have time to find a new place and I just had to go with the rent. I'm promising you that your landlord's expenses are going to go up. And if he has a mortgage, likely we might see it go up again. People are buying right now investment properties with mortgages, not cash. And so with higher interest rates, they have to charge more. You have me laughing because I forgot this, but rent rates on average of 3.8% in 2016. So rent actually rose slightly more than the price of local real estate did over that same period of time. And I and you will continue to see it. Even if our market stopped appreciating tomorrow, taxes are not going to stop appreciating. I'm sorry, they're just not. Yeah. We have at least, we know one year, right? Because taxes are in arrears. So we know 2016, we know our 2017 taxes are going up unless we're homesteaded. And if you're listening and you just bought a home, do not miss that homestead date. I can't tell you how many people miss that date. And we we have on our website how to how to go and file it and what to do and when the dates are and everything is there. Seriously, you cannot miss that date. It will cost you thousands of dollars if you just don't if you're not paying attention. It's such important and good information. And uh, speaking of you know, kind of tying together everything we're talking about, some great opportunities in today's market. There are three in particular that you wanted to highlight. Yes. So I have a great property in Royal Palm Beach. Now, remember, Royal Palm Beach is always one of those really popular areas. Mm -hmm. This is a five-bedroom, three-bath home, twenty, almost 2,600 square feet under air, and it's $325,000. Crazy, crazy price. I have two that are brand new on the market. Um, They probably aren't even in the computer yet. Uh, One is for those people looking for either a full-time or a seasonal property. It is in an active adult community in Boynton Beach. It's another very popular area. This is a two-bedroom, two-bath, almost 1,500 square feet, move-in condition, really nice kitchen, and it's on the market for $244.5. And then in Lake Worth, we have a brand-new five-bedroom, three-bath, over 3,000 square feet on the lake. And it's four hundred and forty thousand with a twenty-five hundred dollar carpet credit. Great, great school. Whether you're interested in any of those properties or you have questions, find selling questions seven days a week. The Trues are a resource available for you at 561-972-8326. 561-972-8326. Or again, if you're not there already, go to truerealestate911.com. You'll be thankful you did.